Yes, yes, we're wrapping up our No Fear series, which I'm super excited about doing because it's been so good to remind myself that God is with us, God is for us, and we've got nothing to fear, right? That's been so good to remind myself of that. But if we're wrapping up a series, and that means we're starting something new next week, and do you know what's happening next week? It is a good, good Sunday. We're going to officially welcome Pastor Dustin and Ashley to... Connect Us Church next week. We're going to have a special service for them, and uh, uh, it's going to be a normal service, but there's going to be some special elements in there. We're going to talk kind of directly to Dustin. I am in front of you all. Um, Then we're going to hear from Dustin. We're going to pray for Dustin, and there's going to be some things that we get to all do together because we're in this together. And also, there's going to be some good food coming up in the next several weeks, and so we're going to have some good food here, some good snacks, and we're going to hang out after the service and just just rub shoulders with Dustin some more and get to know him and, and interact with him a little bit. And so that's what's happening next week. Also, there's a ladies' event happening the, on November 10th. That's uh, this Friday, right? At uh, 6 o'clock. And so if you're interested in hanging out with Pastor Dustin's wife, Ashley, she's interested in hanging out with you, you can go to connectuschurch.org slash sign up. And, or just write on your connection card. Say, hey, I want to go. I want to hang out. We got food. We got games. We got all sorts of stuff. And so that's happening on Friday, and we can't wait to celebrate. We've been so blessed by them and so glad that they've been with us, and it's been, it's been super fun. But this also next week kicks off our brand new series, our teaching series that we're calling The Church God Uses. And uh, I'm super excited to do this because at the end of each year, we take some time to We call it a vision series, and we take it some time to just celebrate everything that God has done throughout the entire year and also look forward to the new year saying, this is where God is leading us. This is where God is taking us, and we're going to rally together all around a common vision, the church God uses. And so there's going to be some special elements in this kind of service. Like, number one, we're going to have some good snacks, good food every single Sunday here, For the next four weeks, which is always fun, you can come early and stay late and enjoy some good snacks on a Sunday. Um, Also, there's going to be four things, one for each sermon, that I want to teach you and that we all need to do, okay? And so like this, in order to be the person that God has called you to be, in order to be the church God has called us to be, there's certain things that we must do heading into this new year, heading into uh, where God has taken us. And so this is the church God uses. And then the other interesting or special thing about this kind of series that we only do like one time a year is that we're going to talk a little bit more about our church than we normally do. And uh, so we're going to tell some stories. We're going to talk about some of our values and some of the things that make Connect Us Church unique. And we don't usually do that. And that's really intentional. You know, we've talked about that. We don't, we don't talk a lot about those things, but we are in this series, The Church God Uses, because we need to rally around a common vision. And we invite you all to participate in that, to, to commit to that. And one of the ways that we get to participate in this end of the year series, which we've done the last several years, is by giving financially towards our end of the year, our big end of the year offering. And so between now and December 3rd, You get to pray about, we all get to pray about and think about what is God calling me to give financially, to be able to support Connect Us Church's next steps forward into the future, to multiply disciples, to see the gospel reach more people 
And we get to be a part of that, and we get to consider what God is calling us to do. And so the money given at this end-of-the-year offering will go towards what's called the Multiply Fund. It's the Multiply Offering, goes in the Multiply Fund. And what the Multiply Fund allows us to do at Connect Us Church is to do things above and beyond our regular, everyday, every-month operating procedures. You're like, what's an example of that? Exhibit one is hire a new pastor. (laughs) Yes. And so because of your generosity... The last several years to the Multiply Fund specifically, at the end of the year, our big generous giving above and beyond our regular giving, we were able to take a step of faith and hire a new pastor to join us here at Connect Us Church. And so, yeah, that's a big deal. And so that's what this type of a thing does. Also, our ministries, you know, need some big stuff from time to time. We purchased some of that stuff this this year as well. And then... um, One day, this is cool, some of you are going to cheer for this. One day, the money given in the Multiply offering to the Multiply fund is going to be used to buy a building for Connect Us Church. It is. And so that's what, I mean, it's it's not cheap to buy a building, right? So that's why, we're, that's why we're thinking about this. And you know what? And I just, I just want to kind of, I'm telling you all of this to say, here, this is what we're preparing for. It's super exciting. It's amazing. We, but it also might feel a little different than like the rest of the Sundays you're here. And I'm just trying to give you reasons why, or I'm trying to give you language of why it feels different, because we never talk about ourselves, ever. And that's really intentional. But you're going to hear a little bit more about Connect Us Church in the next four weeks. And so you're like, oh, I get this. And guess what? It's totally okay, right? It's totally okay to spend a little time celebrating what God is doing specifically here at Connect Us Church. Because God is doing some incredible things here, some amazing things here. And he's doing it in your life, he's doing it in my life, and he's doing it in all of our lives together, collectively. And so we got to celebrate that. we got to, like, thank God for that. And so in our response or in our participation, I just ask that you would just ask God to lead you. Ask God, what, what do you want me to do in this season? How, how do you want me to respond? How do you want me to be a part of the special thing that you're doing here, God? And just, just ask him and then just respond in whatever way he tells you to respond. Does that sound good? Awesome, awesome. All right, so... We're going to be in our passage this morning, in our wrap-up, our No Fear series. We're going to be in the book of Philippians. It's in the New Testament. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. And if you don't have a Bible, we have free Bibles to give you before you leave today. Just stop by the New Here area in the lobby, and we'll make sure you get home with a brand new Bible just for you. We'd love to do that for you. I'm going to be reading from the... uh, New American Standard Version today, but before we do that, I need your help to announce the title of my message, okay? So it's going to be on the screen. My title of the message is called Exchange Anxiety. Shout that out. Ready? Exchange Anxiety. There you go. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, 
whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if anything is worthy of praise, think about these things. And as for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus? Thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us in our unique situation, in the thing that we're dealing with this week, the thing that's heavy on our hearts right now and on our minds right now. Lord, you speak directly to that. And I pray that you would do that, that you would give us an open heart and an open mind to hear what you have to say to us today through your word, and that we would know how much you love us, how much you care about us, how much you want to lead us and guide us. And God, we just thank you that out of all the people in the whole world, some reason you listen to me, and that your love for me is more than I can even understand. So thank you for speaking to us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this passage starts with rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Come on, rejoice, right? Yeah, you make some noise. You thank God. You praise God. You rejoice. You have joy. You you see it on your face. You just come out and exude this. Wow, there's something exciting going on. There's something good going on. Like rejoice in the Lord. Did you know that this is one of the values of Connect Us Church? This is a little preview for the next four weeks, right? We have fun. Why? Because fun authenticates forgiveness, the key component to lasting relationships. Try to have fun with somebody that you haven't forgiven. It's impossible. It's impossible. And so if we value developing authentic relationships, which we do, That means we're really going to be real, we're going to be honest, we're going to be like, we don't have a mask, we don't have a pretend, we don't have a like, oh, everything's fine. You know, like we're, this is who we are. And if we're that way, if we're real and honest and authentic, then we are going to rub each other the wrong way sometimes. We're going to do something that makes another person mad. We're not going to live up to their expectations. We might say something that might hurt them. It's just going to happen. And so that's why we value having fun. Because having fun authenticates that forgiveness, which is the key component to any lasting relationship. And you know this. Like you can think of people in your life or maybe that, you know, that have hurt you, that have wronged you, and maybe you're still holding on to some grudges or something against them. And when's the last time you had fun with them? Well, before that thing happened, right? Obviously. And that's, that's how it works. That's how life works. And so we must forgive each other. We must, like, deal with the issues so that we can have fun. Like, you're going to call up that person that you had a fight with last month and say, hey, you want to go bowling with me? They'd be like, what? Why are you calling me, right? Or you want to hang out? You want to just talk, right? Like, having fun authenticates forgiveness. And so we must forgive people in our life in order to, like, do what God is calling us to do. Did you know? That Jesus, when he was walking around here and teaching on this planet, Jesus taught that your relationships, like look around at each other, your relationships with each other are in some cases more important than your relationship with God. Like, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that the way that you treat or the, the, the relationship that you have with that person in your life that you don't really like that much? means so much to God, oh, 
Like, we got to deal with this, and, and fun authenticates that. Now, now, we can do certain things, but in a relationship, there's always the other side of the story. And so sometimes we can do everything that we can try to do, but then the other person doesn't respond. The other person doesn't accept your apology. The other person doesn't return your phone call. Like, try to have fun with somebody that doesn't talk to you. Try to have fun with somebody that doesn't look at you. It's impossible. And some of you, some of you know that, right? We, know, we all know that. And so that's why at Connect Those Church, we value having fun. Because it authenticates there's a relationship here that we can get together. We can have a good time. We can praise God. We can rejoice, right? We can, we can thank God. We can have joy. We can, we can worship. We can be excited about what God's doing. And we can do it together because we're having fun because we've forgiven each other. We rejoice in the Lord always, <laughs> always, even when you don't feel like it, even when the other person did the worst thing in the world to you, we rejoice always. And, you know, this rejoice, this joy, this peace is a theme one, of the book of Philippians. You read through it and you just see Paul oozing with joy and joy and joy. And so you might wonder, like, man, was this guy like on something? <laughs> He's like, everything's fun. Everything's happy. Everything's good. You've got to get the context of where Paul is writing this letter about joy. He's writing this letter to these believers in the city of Philippi, which is around the Mediterranean Sea, while he's in jail. <laughs> you can have fun in jail. You can have joy in jail. You can have peace in jail. Yeah. Paul was telling us this, right, always. And this is one of my favorite things about the book of Philippians, the context of it all. Because this is Paul. <laughs> He's in jail. He's writing these words. And this is what he says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 12. He says, And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here, and you would expect Paul to continue that sentence and tell you everything that has happened to him in jail, wouldn't you? Well, I would. You're going to write a letter and you say, okay, everything that has happened to me here was, well, the guard that I had last night, like, cussed me out and punched me in the face. Or, or the guard that I had last night, he tightened the chain on my wrist even stronger than it normally is. Or what happened to me was they forgot to give me food for like two weeks. Or what happened to me was, like, I feel so lonely in my cell. I feel so lonely in this dark hole in the ground, like the mud is up to my ankles, and I'm just sitting here. Like, that's what had happened to me. And you would expect, I would expect, Paul, when he has this opportunity to write a letter to say, like, this is what happened to me, I would expect him to do that. And it's not like he hasn't done it before. If you read in uh, one of his other letters, he tells you exactly what had happened to him. He's like, what had happened to me was, and he goes on this long list. It's like, it's a long list. And you're like, my life is bad, right? I, I can't believe what happened to me this week. My life is bad. It's like, okay, well, hold on. This is the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul was shipwrecked. Anybody been shipwrecked before? Okay, all right. He got you on that one. How about anybody been bitten by a poisonous snake and was going to die? No, I have an Apostle Paul. How about anybody been stoned before? Now be careful before you raise your hand. This is like capital punishment stoned, right? This is like pick up large rocks and throw them at Paul and leave them to die. That's what happened to Paul. And Paul 
has in the past said all of those things. He's like, this happened to me, this happened to me, this happened to me. But here in Philippians, this book about joy, he says, I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. It's like, what? Well, you're not going to tell me anything about prison. Nope. You're not going to tell me about when they forgot about you, when they left you, when you were starving, and when you were lonely. You're not going to talk about that? Nope. Everything that happened to me was for the spread of the good news, for the spread of the gospel. Like, how? How do you do that? How do you live your life that way? Because, like, let's practice. Like, you, you, you've got a lot of good reasons to tell you everything that's happened, right? Like, when somebody asks you how your week was going, and you're like, well, yeah, I got this happened to me, and this happened to me, and I don't like this, and I don't like this, and I don't like my boss, and he's really bad, and I don't get along with him, and like, oh, you know, all this stuff. And like, we got a lot of good reasons to complain, a lot of good reasons to worry. We got a lot of good reasons to be afraid. We got a lot of good reasons to feel the way that we do. We got a lot of good reasons. Paul's got a lot of good reasons. But what happens when you put an X through one of the O's in that word good? What, what word is left? God. We've got a lot of good reasons to complain about our lives. But I'm telling you today that you need some God reasons. Like we all got good reasons to say, oh, life's against me. Oh, this is hard. Oh, I'm depressed. Oh, I'm lonely. Oh, I'm, I don't like this. Like you need some God reasons in your life to say, you know what? What has happened to me? It doesn't even matter. It came to spread the good news of the gospel. That's what happened. Right? We need some God reasons in our life. And so let's practice. And if I were just to ask you today, tell me about this week. What happened? You could say, okay, well, what happened was me, me and my boss had this big fight. And then, like, me and the guys were in the locker room, and we were talking about things that I'm kind of embarrassed to tell you. And then when I got home, my wife was giving me a hard time, nagging me about everything. And then, then, like, the house is a mess. Like, I don't know. There's no time to do laundry. There's no time to put the dishes away. Like, I don't know. How, when do you clean up the house? I don't know. And then, like, the kids, oh, man, the kids, they're crazy. They're bouncing off the walls. They're not paying attention. They don't listen to anything. Man, that's what happened to me this week. That's, that's what happened to me this week. But those are some good reasons to feel anxious, good reasons to be mad, good reasons to be frustrated, some good reasons to be negative. But you need some God reasons so that when you think about your boss and your work situations, you're like, you know what? I got to meet five new people today at work, and I've been praying for them all week long. Or, or me and my wife, we got to have a conversation this week that was like super open, super honest. We weren't hiding anything. We were just laying it all out there, just like totally like just open and trusting each other. That was amazing. Or like me and the kids, yeah, you know, they made some bad choices this week. But you know what? I got to teach them how to confess. And say, you know what, I did that, and I'm so sorry. And you know what, I got to teach the other one to say, I forgive you. Like, wow, like, we need some God reasons in our life for what has happened to us, right? And that will help us rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Like, again, tell yourself, 
Rejoice self. You're not just going to wake up and say, oh, I'm in a joyful day. You know, you got to tell yourself, I'm going to be joyful. Come on, self, today. We're going to be joyful. Come on, self. I know it's going to be hard, but I'm going to have joy. Come on, self. Right? You got to preach to yourself. You got to tell yourself, remind yourself over and over again that this is who I am, that this is the reason, the God reason that I'm praising God today, the God reason that I am rejoicing today because you don't have joy in your circumstances. Right? It says rejoice in where? In your, in your promotion? No. Rejoice in the new car you got? No. Rejoice in the, the new friend you made? No. Rejoice in where? In the Lord. You, you can always rejoice in the Lord for what he's done for you. You've got to remind yourself of all the good reasons, the God reasons to rejoice in the Lord. And you can do that. And then Paul goes on to say, he says, let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Let your gentle spirit be made known to all people. Like when you look around this room, right, do people know your gentle spirit, your gentleness? Or, or at work, do people know your gentleness? Your neighbors, do people know your gentleness? Your family, do people know your gentleness? Again, this is an example of how much God cares about your relationships with each other. He's like, you all got to be good. You all got to be right. You all got to be together. You got to all be in this together and have a good way of dealing with each other, a gentleness about how you're working together. And why? Why is this important? Paul tells us the Lord is near, or a better translation, the Lord is at hand, which is a phrase that kind of points specifically, not only just to God's general presence, but his specific return, his second coming. Like, Jesus is coming soon. You believe that? Like, literally, physically, like, coming down onto this, into, this, into this world, into this atmosphere. Like, Jesus is coming soon. And your relationships with each other are important when Jesus comes back. Because it's sort of like this. Like, get this picture in your head, right? Jesus comes back, and he comes down, and he, like, walks around the corner... And he sees somebody. He's like, oh, I've missed you. I've been longing so much to see you. It's so good to be with you. And he gives you a big hug. And, you know, it's like, wow, we're finally together. <laughs> I'm so, so excited. And then so, like, he's walking. Jesus has got his arm around you. And he's walking down the street or walking down the sidewalk. And here you come around the corner. And Jesus is so excited to see you. It's like, oh, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so, it's amazing. Like, oh, I just, I love you and I've missed you. And I'm like, oh, I'm so, I get to hold you and I get to touch you and I get to be with you. And so Jesus got both of this guy and you together. And Jesus is like, oh, I wonder if these two people met. Oh, I can't wait to introduce them. And so it's like, hey, did you, did you meet each other? And you're like, yeah. And I haven't talked to them since what they did to me. Can you imagine the heartbreak in our Savior? These are two children, brothers and sisters, that he loves dearly, that he's died for to pay their penalty, that they're saved, going to heaven, and we can't get along? Man. Where Jesus is coming back. And our relationships with each other should be as good as they can be. Our gentleness towards each other should be 
as good as it can be. You're like, oh, man, that's, that's enough for today, right? <laughs> Rejoice always and let your gentleness be known to everybody, right? That's enough for today, Paul. It's just two verses, okay? It's just two verses. He goes on. He says, do not be anxious about anything. Like, how do I do that? Don't be anxious about anything. <sighs> I know that this word anxious and this concept of anxious hits some of us a little different than others. I, I know some of us have sought and got and are currently getting professional help for anxiety. You've seen counselors, psychologists, psychiatrists, you've seen everybody. And you've probably, you know, sat in a chair and somebody important has told you, like, you have anxiety. Or you have this anxiety disorder, and that's your life. You have this label that you carry around all the time with. Like, so when you read something in the Bible that says, don't be anxious, and you have a, had a doctor or someone you trust tell you that you're anxious... I recognize that there's a strong, like, battle between those two worlds. Like, if this is who you are, and this is what the Bible says, and you're trying to follow the scriptures, you're trying to follow Jesus, and you, like, can't do it, that, that causes some, some hurt and some turmoil inside of you. And so I just want to kind of tell you today, right, that when Paul said this in the first century, there was no anxiety disorder label put on anybody. This is a generalized like uneasiness in our heart, a general unsettledness in our being. That's anxiety that Paul's talking about. And we all experience that to one degree or another. And also, there's some people that respond in certain situations that cause us anxiety. And then there's just people that are just anxious all the time. And, and Paul's saying that don't, be, don't feel that way about anything. Like, do you believe there is hope for the anxiety that you fight, fight with every day? Do you believe that? Do you believe that there can be freedom from the anxiety that you deal with to whatever level or degree that you deal with it? Like, you can be free from these things, that you can experience healing and, and restoration from the anxiety that has crippled you over the years. Paul says you don't have to be anxious about anything. So you say, well, how do I do that? Like, I need some practical steps to put into practice. And so Paul tells us, number one, what we should do to not be anxious about anything is to pray. And a simple definition of prayer, because sometimes we throw it all out of whack. I don't know if I can pray. I don't know if I can do that. Well, can you talk? Just talk to God. That's prayer. That's prayer. And so, like, when we face hard situations in our life, when we're dealing with something that worries us and angers us and we feel anxious about, we should talk. And I don't need to tell you to talk because I know you already talk. You talk to all sorts of people when you're frustrated or mad or anxious or scared of something, right? And you might even have a special person that you pull up the phone, maybe you call them your gossip friend. And you dial that number and say, let me just tell you everything that had happened to me this week. Let me tell you about this, and let me tell you about that, and let me tell you about this person. And oh, I can't believe that she said that, and I can't believe they did that, and I can't believe they treat me that way at work. And you're talking all day and all night 
on your phone to your buddy on your phone. It's like just next time you are tempted to pick up your phone and call your gossip buddy, dial God, G-O-D, and talk to him. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like you don't have to change what you're saying. You say the exact same thing. You're just talking to God now, and you're praying, and you're talking to him. You're saying, God, I, I, I struggled today. I was mad today. God, this was not good today. God, I don't like this. God, I, right now you're talking to God. That's praying. And so not, don't just talk to God, but plead with him. Like, ask him for stuff. Like, get mad at him. Like, God, give me this. God, I need this. God, I really, really, really need you to come through in this situation. God, I need you to show up in my life in this way. God, I need, like, when's the last time you pleaded with God? I think, again, it's so easy to plead with everyone else in our life. Like, we'll run to all sorts of stuff. We'll run to this and that and this person and this group and this thing. It's like, I need help. I need help. I need help. I need help. And God who's the all-powerful, all-knowing, can-do-anything person that loves you and cares about you is standing over here saying, hello, you're going over here, but like, what about me? Like, come, come ask me, come plead for me, come, plead, come find me and search, search me and seek me, right? This is, this is Paul's telling us, we, we got, when we're feeling anxious, we all do, we got to pray, we got to talk to God, and we got to plead with him. For certain things. Like maybe, maybe we have a son or a daughter who's kind of gone astray. Like when's the last time you just poured your heart out to God? Said, God, give me an opportunity to talk with them. God, give me an opportunity to like parent them again. I mean, how does that even make sense? I don't know, but I'm pleading for God with the things that are in my heart. God, please let me just help them and God please bring them back please God right we're pleading with God we're talking to him we're pleading with God and we're doing it with thanksgiving with gratitude with just this overwhelming sense of praise of rejoicing remember again that like that's important part we're rejoicing in the Lord with everything that's going on God thank you for what you're going to do God thank you for how you're going to work God thank you for how you're involved God, thank you for how, I don't even know it, but you're working in people's lives. God, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you. And some of us, again, I, I just know from experience, some of us are so thankful to God for something that happened like 10 years ago or 20 years ago. God, I'm so grateful you saved me from this hard circumstance. God, thank you for introducing me to this person. God, thank you. God, thank you. God, thank you. Okay, well, that was 10 years ago. What are you thankful to God about, like, from 10 minutes ago or from 10 days ago? Like, what is currently right now going on that you are thankful for? And praise God for that. Thank God for that. And he says, let your requests be made known to God. And then what happens, right? We're feeling anxious. We have situations. We have general anxiety. We're talking to God. We're pleading with him. We're thanking him, and then the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
Like if we're dealing with anxiety, we're anxious, we're scared, we're afraid, we're worried about something, right? God is promising that he is the God of peace. And so some of you might be feeling that even today. You're like, I don't know, things are kind of getting better or things are, are seeming to work out better. Or I'm feeling a little better about this, that, or the other thing. And I don't really have words to explain it. Guess what? That's God. It's beyond your comprehension. I don't know. I don't know how to do this, but I'm talking to God. I haven't done that in a while. I'm pleading with God. I haven't done that in a while. I'm thanking God. I haven't done that in a while. And something's changing in me. That's God working in your life. And it will guard your heart and your mind. Like, I was thinking about this. This, is a scare. this scares me to death to say this even right now. Imagine, now you know the thoughts that you have, right? You know the thoughts you thought last night when you couldn't sleep. You know that. Imagine you gave those thoughts to me, and I thought everything you thought. You would probably look at me and say, Kevin, you wouldn't be able to live a whole day thinking the way that I think. And you know what? I, I am scared to death because I believe that. But if that's true, then why do you think that way? And how do you function? How do you live? And the only reason I could come up with that is you've been thinking the same way for so long that it's just normal to you. But if I were to think the thoughts that you think, you'd be like, oh, that's scary. Oh, I don't know if you could handle that. Oh, I don't know if you could think. Oh, I probably can't. So why do you handle it? Why do you live with it every day? Right? Like, there's something about the peace of God that can guard your heart, that can guard your mind from the attacks of those evil thoughts that you think. Or the, the words that you say to yourself, remember preaching to yourself, right? Tell yourself, rejoice self, rejoice self. We're so good at telling ourselves all sorts of things that have nothing to do with helpful guarding of our hearts. We're telling ourselves to be anxious. We're telling ourselves to be worried. We're telling ourselves that the world's against us. But the peace of God guards our hearts and our minds. And so, I love this, everything in your life can stay exactly the same. Every stressor you have can stay exactly the same. Every situation at work can stay exactly the same. Every person in your family can stay exactly the same. Every kid in your life can stay exactly the same. But if the peace of God is in your life, then guess what? You are not the same. You look at these things that haven't changed very differently because you have changed. It's the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension, that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And so you're like, man, that sounds good. That sounds good. I want that. How do I do that? How do you exchange anxiety? How do you, how do, you do that? If it was easy, we'd all do it. I agree. Well, how, how do we do that? Well, I think you've got to X some things out of your life and change some things, and it will change your anxiety. Like you just look 
at some of these things that you struggle with, some of the things that cause you anxiety and worry, and just put an X through it. Say, that's, that's anxiety. That's not me. That's anxiety talking. That's anxiety controlling me. That's anxiety influencing that. That's anxiety. And just say, that's not me. I don't deal with that. I don't think like about that. I don't get controlled by that. I don't get manipulated by that. I'm going to X that out, and that will change your anxiety. Again, okay, <laughs> if I was to ask you, like write on a piece of paper, like five things that you're worried about. Y'all could probably do that in like two seconds. Like, okay, five things that I'm worried about. Okay, good, good job. I, they're on the screen right here. That was fast, wasn't it? Right? So they're on the screen. There's 20 things that cause us to... Anxiety causes us worry, causes us stress, causes us fear, all these sorts of things. You got work problems, you got family history problems, you got a test coming up in school, you got money issues, your fear of being judged, there's chronic pain that you're dealing with, drugs, pollutions happening, fear of mistakes, self-doubt, fear of your own health, relationship breakups, fear of the future, you can't sleep, right? There's so many things. And we come, come up with this list. What happened to me was this week, right? It's like, oh, yeah, let me tell you. All these things as fast as we possibly can. So how do you change this? How do you exchange your anxiety for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? Well, you just say, God, I, I'm just crossing those things off. Like these things, I'm not thinking about these things. I'm not worried about these things. I'm not dealing with these things. Like this is not who I am. This is anxiety. And I'm not... Anxiety. <laughs> anxiety is anxiety. I'm me. I'm a person that God created me to be. And so just, just cross them out, cut them off, kick them out. Don't give them any time in your head anymore. They're done. So you got 20 things that cause you anxiety, and you're like, okay, again, that sounds good. How? I'm pressing deep into this, right? How do you do this? How do you do this? Like, I. You're like me, right? You're thinking about things all the time. You just can't not think about things, right? You're a human being. You got brain, you know, thoughts running through your head all the time, okay? You got to change what you're thinking about. Paul says it this way in Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if anything is worthy of praise, do what? Think about these things. Think about these things. Think about these things. If you change the way you think, it will change your life. If you stop thinking about the anxiety-producing things that are in your life and start thinking about what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is commendable, whatever is worthy of praise, it will change your life. And so when you look at that list of those 20 things that cause you anxiety, and just exchange it. Just change it. Say, work is worship. I'm forgiven. I got a new beginning. I can live with financial wisdom. I'm accepted. I'm honored by God. God holds the future. I'm intelligent because he's made me that way. There's resurrection happening in my future. I'm trusting God. He's redeeming my life. God is with me. I can rest because he's the provider. God has good plans for my life. My body's a temple, right? That's changing the way that you think. There's nothing different in your life. There's nothing different between those two slides. Both are true. Both are true. 
But you're choosing to cut the anxiety stuff out and focus your thoughts on the things that God wants you to think. And it will change your life. So I love Paul. He just, he's like, he just keeps going. Like there's so many layers and levels to like, how do you do this? Well, let me tell you. How do you do this? Let me tell you. Well, how do you do this? Let me tell you. So you keep going. You keep reading Philippians 4.9. He says, as for the things learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Like it is almost impossible to live this way if you've never seen anybody live this way before. Like so many of us, right, we, we, we've never seen this happen. And if you talk to 99 people on the street, everybody struggles with anxiety. So like who do you look to or who do you follow or who do you ask? And Paul says, look, just look at my life. Paul's like, look, look at me. Look what I'm doing. And guess what? You do the same thing. Watch me follow Jesus and you just follow me, and we'll be heading in the same direction. Practice these things. It's not enough to know them or believe them. You actually have to do them, and you got to do it. you got to have that mentor person in your life that you can look to and say, oh, I'm struggling with this right now. Like, how do you deal with that? And then just do what they tell you to do. If they're following Jesus, of course, don't just, you know, follow them blindly, but if they're following Jesus, then you can do that too. And so the things that you've learned, received, heard, and seen in me, and I've read that, and I said, you know what? My people, you, don't, you might not have a me. You might not have a Paul in your life. You might not have a mentor in your life. You might not have somebody that you can look up to and ask questions to and, and process things with. And if that's true, then you need to tell me that. Say, I need somebody. I need a mentor. I need somebody. And so write that on your connection card because, like, that'll change your life too. Having somebody that you can process these things with, that you can learn from. And look, if you don't have that person, you're not obeying the scriptures. Paul just simply says, look, follow me as I follow Christ. Like we all need an example. We all need a mentor. We need somebody that we can look up to and follow in this way. And if we do that, the God of peace will be with us. And so when we're struggling with fear, when we're struggling with anxiety, when we've got our doubts about all sorts of things, which we all do, which I do, we got to know what to do with that. And so we got to bring it to the Lord. We got to come to the Lord and know that he is with us that he is for us, that he is on our side, that he is fighting our battles, and that we can praise him, that we can worship him, that we can talk to him, that we can plead with him, that we can thank him for what he is doing. And you might just learn that you can live with no fear. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you care so much about each one of us personally, that you want to meet us in the particular situation that we have. And Lord, I, I recognize again today in a message like this that uh, we all deal with anxiety on one degree or another. And we've all, in one way, tried to fix ourselves. We've all tried to stop worrying. We've all tried to stop being anxious. And we've gone to counseling and we've taken medication and all of those things. And all of those things are super helpful and super important in the right time and right place. 
And I would just pray today that you would help us take a step forward in trusting you to just doing the things that your scriptures outline that, that Paul gave us here in Philippians 4. And Lord, just help us to start talking to you all the time. And help us to start pleading with you about crazy stuff. Like, can I ask God that? Yeah. He already knows it in your brain anyway. So just tell it to him. And then just thank him that he even cares about you. That he loves you. That he died for you. That he is working in your life. And Lord, as, as, you do the, as we do these things, you just do what you do. And I, I pray today that there would be people here, even now, that don't even have words but are just like, God, you're doing something. <laughs> and I pray today that we would just know that, God, what you're doing, I, don't, I might not have words to explain it, but I just know that that's the peace of God that passes my comprehension. And so, Lord, help us to be thankful for the amazing things that you're doing in our life. And we ask that you would uh, just be with us now as we praise and worship you and thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.